Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined as always by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello and welcome back, producer Sahani Gunatilika. Good to have you back. Hello. Nice to be back. Oh, are we excited today or what? Guys. There's a lot. I just want to thank, before I even read the intro. Thank you to the celebrities and the influencers. You are Once making again. our jobs so much fun. Guys, coming up on today's show, are the men actually okay? Because YouTubers, the Try Guys, have announced that they are dumping Ned for cheating on his wife. Then, The Bachelor Australia has been suspiciously postponed. The publicity machine of Adam Levine and Biardi Prinsler goes into overdrive. New music from Rihanna may well be on the horizon as she was named as next year's Super Bowl headliner. And then, we need to talk about that viral TikTok video. Is being an influencer really that hard? But first... Zara McDonald, my beloved Zara McDonald, how was your week? Hello, hello. Um, my <laughs> week was pretty good. Big long weekend down here in Melbourne, so not huge complaints from my camp. Good. I did have, you know, a funny sort of thingy, tidbitty thing um, from the weekend <laughs> that I can finally <laughs> actually offer. I was out on Saturday night after the grand final and I had a girl, you know, bound up to me at the pub and she goes, oh my God, it's Michelle Andrews. <laughs> and I said, it's not. <laughs> not father. And she goes, you're not Michelle Andrews. I said, I'm not. She goes, but you look so alike. And I said, do we? She goes, yeah. And then I think, I can't remember what happened if a friend hit her and she goes, oh, you're Zara. And I was like, I am. And then she goes, oh no, you're going to tell everyone on the podcast that this happened at Electric. And I said, no, I won't because we're at the SB. <laughs> and I was like, and yes, I will probably tell this this anecdote. It's um, opposite day for that girl. It is opposite day. I appreciated the effort. She was close, but no cigar. I mean, maybe close for you and me. If you live in Melbourne, Electric and the SB. Not, Not quite. so close. I wouldn't say the same vibe. No. <laughs> no. I was. I am about 10 years too old for both of those venues, though, so that is the only thing kind of binding them together. So I did have that happen during my week, and I do have a recommendation for you. Give it to us. That I'm so excited to talk about. Have you guys heard about the television show called Tell Me Lies? No, no. but I feel like a lot of television shows have lies in oh, the yeah. title. Guys, this show, I don't even know where to start <laughs> with it. Because I don't want to, like, I know that I've given the greatest recommendation to ever 
live on this podcast, which is the split. The split. And this is the the television show I'm recommending after the split. So I need to be self-aware about that, that there's no way <laughs> that this is going to be as good. I would describe it as a Colleen Hoover book <gasps> in a TV series. Okay, gotcha. You know, a lot of sex, uh, a lot of intense relationships. It is. It does focus on a pretty toxic relationship between two people at college. Ooh. But it's. It's. I just, I can't describe it. More than a bit Colleen Hoovery, a tiny bit, tiny bit like Fifty Shades of Grey mood. Ooh. I could be fucking this. A little bit of um, <laughs> you. Okay, Not that I've ever seen that show. <laughs> yeah. So the, how I imagine you to be. <laughs> okay. And it's just I need people to watch it because it's it's not highbrow, but it's amazing. It is it is exactly what I need right now. I go home, I watch it. There's six episodes already out, and the the others drop every Wednesday. Okay, and where do I find it? Disney Plus. Okay, and are the sex scenes good? Is it good sex scenes? Because long-time listeners of the show know that a show for me is made in good or bad sex scenes. Well, here's the problem, right? If I say yes and you tell me they're bad next week, how embarrassing <laughs> for me. No, no, no. I'm not going to judge your taste in sex scenes. Uh, are they like raunchy and like Yeah, chemistry? yeah. Oh, mate, there's Ooh. lots of boobies and lots of things. <laughs> So just boobies. Bits. There's bits <laughs> everywhere. Which means it's like they're going all the way with it. So it's in that sense, yes. That Sorry, sounds Mom. amazing. Anyway, so that's my recommendation. This I actually really need you to watch it because I have so many thoughts and I don't have anyone in my life watching it. Mate, you had me at sex scene. Yeah, I, I know. I easily watch that. What are you recommending? Look, a really basic recommendation from me this week. I just want to recommend the Robbie Williams and Delta Goodrum AFL Grand Final Oh, my God. If you'll allow me. Am I allowed to recommend that? Oh, yeah, of course. You're allowed, you're allowed to do whatever you want. <laughs> but do you accept it? You watched this. Yeah, and I rewatched it the next day as well. So, Sahani, did you watch this? No, I haven't seen it. Okay, well then maybe this is good to recommend it because there are people who haven't watched it. Well, Sahani, I never knew that Robbie Williams and Delta Goodrum was like the duet that I needed in 2022. They fucking nailed this the performance. The outfits were amazing. I did the, see her all pink. Oh, yeah, they were both, they're both in all Oh, they're both in all pink. Both in hot pink. And I just think this was the best AFL grand final performance we've ever had. I know people I mean, love- it's been a low bar. <laughs> it's been a terribly, terribly low bar for a long time. But we have nothing close to the Super Bowl here, right? Nothing close Don't even all. try. No, I- Don't <laughs> even try. I'm just saying, if people enjoy watching performances on YouTube, and we, you have recommended Robbie Williams' YouTube performance Yeah, Robbie Williams well. at Nebworth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just think this is good regardless. Like, yes, it's the MCG. Yes, it's maybe not the vibe of like a European sellout concert. However, I loved this. I've watched it twice. It was epic. I back it as my recommendation for the week. No, I'm giving you a hard time for something that I genuinely enjoyed and have rewatched as <laughs> yeah. well. So I don't really know. I don't know why this is the hill I'm dying on. I don't know either. Mish, I really need to get into the show today because we are starting with the quick and dirty. And the first story we're kicking off with today is, of course, the massive Try Guys oh. drama. It's Wednesday morning when we're recording this. This story properly broke overnight. I've, as I've been sitting here, I've got a message from my boyfriend saying, hey, what's a Try Guys? Oh. So I actually haven't had time to get across this story and you're going to play explainer and I am going to be explainee. Questioner. Questioner. Uh, help me. <laughs> you can interview me if you have any questions about it and I can sit here as the Try Guys expert. Because I've seen so many tweets about this and I'm very excited to hear more about it. Okay. Well, let's dive in, guys. Of course, the first story is this headline from BuzzFeed. YouTubers, the Try Guys announced Ned Fulmer is no longer part of the group after he cheated on his wife with a colleague. 
Okay. Okay. Now, this story is massive already. I can only imagine that by the time this episode drops in people's feeds on Thursday morning, this is one of the biggest stories on social media at large. Like, it is massive. It has been revealed that one of the four men behind the extremely popular US media company, the Try Guys, has been sacked for having an extramarital affair with a junior employee. I have never heard of the Try Guys. Yeah. I'm so embarrassed about that. Sahani, you have. You're yeah, a fan? definitely. Big fan, you'd say. I wouldn't say big fan. <laughs> like, re- relative level fan. Yeah, I, like, know them. Okay. They come on. They come on. <laughs> <laughs> dropping. She's not a fan. She knows of them. But I would actually say Sahani's just revealed unintentionally a widespread truth about the Try Guys. I actually don't think you'd find many like diehard mm, fans anymore. Right. You would find people who have watched their content, who like them, who generally have a good a good feeling. When you mention the Try Guys, people go, oh yeah, like yeah. those uh, completely unproblematic, successful YouTube guys who were big like three or four years ago. God, oh, well, not so unproblematic <laughs> anymore. So these are four guys, right? Yep. Eugene, Ned, Keith, and Zach, they started out making videos for BuzzFeed eight or so years ago. That's why I keep seeing check on your BuzzFeed friends yes. on my Twitter feed today. Yes, because maybe you missed this piece of the puzzle. But there was oh, like a lot. <laughs> there was a mass <laughs> exodus at BuzzFeed where BuzzFeed had a whole media model of creating content creators, creating YouTubers, creating vloggers, yeah. right? And the whole company model was we build these influencers up in the company and then they make us money. What happened around 2016, 17, 18 is all those massive YouTubers started to go, wait a second, I can do this without BuzzFeed. I can go create my own YouTube channel and make money off of that. I don't need BuzzFeed. So the likes of the Try Guys and another major YouTuber called Sophia Nagard left BuzzFeed around the same time and BuzzFeed's entire model essentially collapsed. Fair enough. So this was dramatic. This was big. And what kind of videos did they create? Completely uncontroversial, unproblematic ones. And every time I say that, I feel like someone comes up with something yeah. that was said in 2015 that was semi-problematic. Every time we say that, as, I, <laughs> as we said from when we started this show, plus or minus 10%, anything we say. Plus or 10%. But their top viewed videos include stuff like the Try Guys Bake Pie Without a Recipe <laughs> and Eugene Babysits Ned's Baby. Like the whole this thing. This makes me think I could do comedy oh. with this level of... Well, these guys are not like, they're not cool. You're not going to the Try Guys for aspirational content. You're going to them for like relatable, wholesome, male-focused content. Would we consider them like the in-betweeners? Uh, okay, that's a no. no. Well, okay. in-betweeners is cringe. They're yeah. not cringe. Uh, oh, I guess they're a bit cringe. I just don't think they have anything in common. <laughs> <laughs> just, for, just, just a group of guys. I just don't think we even try and find a parallel. Oh, try. Do you oh. get it? They are huge though, right? Yeah. Like okay. they have almost 8 million YouTube subscribers. They've had over a billion channel views without BuzzFeed. They went and built that from 2018. They have a New York Times best-selling book together. They have a podcast. They have all these other kind of like sibling channels to their main channel now. It's a big company. They have really made it big. They also have just released a television show on the Food Network. That one's called No Recipe Road Trip with the Try Guys. That literally started airing a few weeks ago and is still airing as this is all happening. So the individual members of this group, plus their partners, plus their employees, have massive followings. Ned Fulmer, the guy we're talking about today, has over a million Instagram followers. His wife, Ariel, has almost half a million. Oh, dear. Okay. I can see the writing on the wall. Yes. So Ned over the last eight years, has earned himself the nickname The Wife Guy. No. The Wife Guy. He literally talks about his wife 
all the fucking time. Loving his wife is his whole identity. Like literally his whole identity. His Instagram bio, and you'll die (laughs) over this, is literally at Ariel Fulmer's husband. Get out. He's that guy. He also released a date night cookbook with her last year. Does this make you think that maybe in our lifetime – with our partners, you want them to love you just like a little bit less. <laughs> like, uh, don't just love me less and just don't cheat on me. Well, like, love me the same amount, but it's as soon as you try to make it your brand. brand. I like, don't trust anyone that makes it their brand. No, we really shouldn't. If no. you're making loving your wife your brand, why? Yes. Why does that need to be a branding exercise for you? Anyway, mm. a couple of days ago, a Reddit thread was born where a conspiracy theory started to become incredibly, incredibly popular. People noticed that across all Try Guys content, Ned was mysteriously missing. And not just missing, he was strategically edited out of every bit of content. And I mean to the level of being edited out of videos visually. So people could detect Ned was initially in the filming for whatever this video was, but they have cropped around him and pieced the visuals of the video back together so that he's no longer sitting in the middle of this table. He's no longer one of the panellists on this video. And they figured that out when they traced the panelling in the background of the walls and realised a whole chunk of wall was removed, which meant a whole chunk in the middle of the video was missing because Ned had been removed. I am just, I know Reddit slews get a bad rap. But that's pretty impressive. It's so impressive. And then after all of that, the Try Guys released an Instagram post that said their content was halving out of nowhere. They came out and said, hey, guys, a heads up. We're just releasing one video for a while. We're trying to get ahead. And people to that were like, that's strange. These guys are so consistent with their output. That's they bizarre. Are, they're a whole media company. It's not like just a couple of guys who are like, guys, we need a break. This is a whole media company saying this. And then the conspiracy came, well, if they're going to such meticulous lengths to edit Ned out, What's is that happened? why they need extra time? And why would they edit him out? Bam, bam. So from there, TikTok gets involved and people start posting blurry images of what they were saying was Ned kissing a junior employee named Alex. The video, the like images and stuff were so blurry though, no one could really tell. How do people do this? I don't know, but people went to the lengths of noticing the only clear thing in one of the photos was the woman's handbag that this man was kissing. People went through and found that exact handbag in other photos. Like whoever did this, put them on like a detective show or some shit. Like get them on real crime because it's impressive. This makes a little bit more sense to me, just skipping ahead a little bit, because I thought it was pretty weird that the Try Guys came out and like announced this, Mm. you know, to say that he'd been dumped because he'd been cheating on his wife, which is all I really knew as a top line understanding. Mm. But I think you kind of have to if people, if this is going wild on the internet. Absolutely wild because people then went to the junior employee Alex's Instagram account. She's engaged, by the way, or was engaged before this whole story. People noticed her fiance had first, I think, unfollowed her, didn't follow her anymore. And then when they went to his profile, he suddenly made it all private. So that kicked everything up more where people were like, what the fuck is going on? Ned then disabled comments on all of his posts across all of his social media channels. And then... It got particularly spicy when a guy called Jake LaRosa, who manages one of the Try Guy channels, posted a video on TikTok himself. In that video, he's sitting back reading Ned's date night cookbook that Ned co-wrote with his wife under the caption, good morning to everyone except Adam Levine, John Mulaney and dot, dot, dot. Oh. His caption was, my last day was Friday. 
So he got sacked as well. Well, I don't know if he got sacked or if he quit. If he quit and then he's like, now I can kind of speak my mind. Yes. My God. Yeah. So from there, the Try Guys issue a brief official statement that read, Ned Fulmer is no longer working with the Try Guys. As a result of a thorough internal review, we do not see a path forward together. We thank you for your support as we navigate this change. I wonder what they would have done had people not been really sleuthy about it. Like how long would it have taken them to announce it? They probably would have announced it, obviously, because he would have disappeared. Well, he's been gone for three weeks and this is a massive media company. Like if you vanished for for three weeks and we're not even that big. And we're not mentioning it. And like it's kind of like Zara's suddenly just cropped out of what every TikTok video and Zara's voice just isn't on the show anymore and Zara's not hosting Scandal but I'm not saying anything about it. People would ask questions after three weeks. People would ask questions after a week if we didn't mention why someone might be off. Yeah, and we're just a little speck of dust yeah, compared to just, these guys. It's just a little, <laughs> little floating dust in the sky. Oh, my goodness. And so Ned has now spoken as well. What did he say? His statement was, family should have always been my priority, <sighs> but I lost focus and had a consensual workplace relationship. I'm sorry for any pain that my actions may have caused to the guys and to the fans and most of all to Ariel. The only thing that matters right now is my marriage and my children and that's where I'm going to focus my attention. it didn't matter before. I truly cannot overstate how much of a shock this was to people. This guy was like the guy and Sahani will back me up on this, right, Sahani? You would not, you would not think that Ned from the Try Guys would cheat on his wife with a junior employee. It's mm. always the John Mulaney's of the world. It is. Mm. You can't trust them. No, like, you shan't. You know the nice guys <laughs> finish last <laughs> thing? It's not just nice guys the try finish guys last. finish last. Nice no, guys can't Ned. be trusted. No, like, they can't. <laughs> if you're overly nice and you're overly vocal about your wife, yeah. Immediately red flag. I wonder what this is going to happen with this story because I think with these stories, it feels very self-contained at the point that we're talking about it, right? Yep. But it's like Ned spoken. I feel like the only other person I'm interested in is obviously from his wife and maybe from the poor woman, Alex, who's been named in this. Yeah, well, Ariel, his wife, has posted a like notes app screenshot on her Instagram that read, it was pretty brief. The main takeaway was thanks to everyone who reached out to me. It means a lot. Nothing is more important to me and Ned than our family. So she's done like a brief statement to be like, I need time. Give us privacy. Mm. At the time of recording, we haven't heard from Alex. I will say though, I do feel really sorry for Alex. I think it's a very daunting thing to be a, a young woman and against your will have something like this exposed, particularly when it's an affair with your boss. We know the power dynamic is a little sticky there. She was engaged. Like, obviously, I don't agree with the behaviour. Of course, I don't agree with the behaviour. But this is a lot to deal with for anyone. It's a lot of public focus for sure. Wow, what a story. Any what? leftover questions or have I answered them all for you? Um, no, I actually think you did amazing. I had like a whole <laughs> bunch of questions in my mind, but you did amazingly. So it's well fucked. done. The Props whole thing is like, it's really shocking. And I think that's why the outcry has been as huge as it is. I found one tweet that was liked more than 150,000 times that really sums it up. Have I watched the Try Guys in the last five years? No. Am I fully invested and personally very hurt by Ned cheating on the beautiful, <laughs> lovely Ariel, his wife and mother of his children? 
Absolutely. That's kind of how I feel <laughs> after you told me about this. So that's amazing. All right. Our second story. Sorry, but your mayonnaise trio of bachelors will not be gracing TV screens until 2023. <laughs> that is from Pedestrian. Ooh. Guys, remember all those reports earlier this year that The Bachelor Australia was getting a massive shake up, you know, after dropping Bachelor in Paradise last year, after dropping The Bachelorette this year, they were going to give us, you know, Supercharged Bachelor. Three different Bachelors. And everyone uh. thought, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it doesn't seem to be going that well for them. No, because news has come recently in the last week that Channel 10 has deprioritized The Bachelor. Like we were supposed to be getting The Bachelor around now. This is generally when the season drops, if not The Bachelorette. By this point, we've kind of had at least one season of Bachelor Go. In 2022, we've had nothing except for a report that Channel 10 is pushing this for another reality TV show. Yes. So the Daily Mail actually broke this news last week, who spoke to a quote-unquote well-placed source, who said that 10 have made the call to delay the show until early 2023 so they can focus on promoting the real love boat. The piece went on and said, I don't see them airing reality dating shows back-to-back and there's only 10 ratings weeks left. They would rather hold it and give it the publicity it needs. I have to be honest here. There's no way this show can be amazing if they're not desperate to push it out. Absolutely They cannot be proud of the product. I know I'm putting words in Channel 10's mouth or Warner Brothers' mouth, but they cannot be proud of this product if they're delaying it till next year. If this was the best thing you'd ever created, you would be so desperate to get it on TV screens. It's been a flop. Surely. It's a thousand percent had to have been a flop. Filming's been wrapped, right? They've done the filming with their three as – pedestrian put it mayonnaise bachelors we have (laughs) thomas jed and felix and it has to have been a flop otherwise why would you be pushing it the bachelor for a time three or four years ago was the biggest thing network 10 had the cream of the crop at channel 10 was the bachelor franchise they had three different series dedicated to the bachelor for a whole year to run and have no bachelor content and for there to be no word on when it's running and for channel 10 to be super quiet and just speaking about the real love boat which doesn't sound that good by the way tells us everything that this season of the bachelor was potentially terrible yeah and i think what's really tough i think for the people who were on the bachelor is as we know none of the people who appeared on the bachelor can have access to their social media or publicly date or really post anything on social media until the show has aired. Mm. So if there are people who are still together and dating, they're still not allowed to do anything with their relationships. I mean, I appreciate there are bigger issues in the world, but I will say I can imagine the outcry from the contestants is quite huge. Yeah, I mean, bigger issues in the world, as you said, (laughs) but it would be kind of frustrating, I think, as well, to put your whole life on pause for a reality show. Think that you're going to potentially come off to all these Instagram followers and you come off to Channel 10 kind of shrugging their shoulders and going... How about that real love boat show though? Like how about next year? (laughs) See you next year. If you guys are interested, the real love boat apparently sees a group of Australian single people get on a boat that sets sail through the Mediterranean as their love stories begin. (laughs) I will not be watching that show. I might. We'll see. Our third story. Speaking of reality TV, Love Island UK stars Molly Mae Haig and Tommy Fury announced they're expecting their first child together. That is from Nine Now. Big news out of Love Island UK, big news out of London because Molly Mae and Tommy Fury are having a baby. They are both 23 and confirmed the news on Instagram, Mish, on Sunday evening. It was a really beautiful video. Yeah, it really was. The announcement began with like a throwback clip of the couple during their stint on the show in 2019 where... 
I mean, Love Island fans will know this. At the end of the show, they kind of do almost like a commitment ceremony where you declare your love they for each other. They read speeches to each other, don't they? Yeah, and they like stand under an arbor. They're basically one step away from getting married yeah, at the end yeah. of the show. And the video showed Molly's kind of commitment speech to Tommy where she says, I love you so much and I can't wait for the adventures that we haven't even dreamed of yet. Then cut to the adventure. Cut to the adventure and the video kind of pans to Molly Mae today with what is unmistakably a baby bump. Absolutely. Now, Molly Mae and Tommy were on season five of Love Island UK and earlier this year, she did reveal in a YouTube video that she'd been battling endometriosis and had undergone surgery. And at the time, she did say that she was worried about this condition and how it could affect her fertility. She said then, it's not a good thing that I have endometriosis because obviously it can affect fertility. It can affect loads of things and you can never actually really cure it. So I can imagine this was a big priority for them. And I think the other thing that's quite funny with hindsight is people sent us a screenshot a week or two ago of Tommy doing a Q&A on his Instagram stories. And someone said, when are you proposing to Molly May?" And he said, I probably should have six months ago. Yeah. So people now wondering, is she six months pregnant? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it was a nice, cute little like teaser. Easter egg. Right there. He Taylor Swifted us. He did. Go <laughs> Tommy Fury, our fourth story. Adam Levine, Beati Prinsler put on a united front amid cheating allegations. That is from page six. Yeah. It's been obviously a big week for Beati and Adam. They're probably happy about the Try Guys controversy. Yeah. They're taking some heat off of them. We really just wanted to talk about the PR strategy that we've seen kind of roll out from this celebrity couple over the last seven days. Because dare I say, it has been a great one. Well, it's been pretty simple. All we've really seen after all those cheating allegations were levelled at Adam is two key setup pap shots, right? And both of these kind of instances of them being papped are them together with their kids with the biggest Cheshire grins. Oh, sparkly, sparkly smiles going yeah, on. Absolutely. And I think in one of the pap shots, they're kind of doing that thing where parents hold their toddler's hand and swing, swing the toddler. Them. Yes. Which is like the ultimate sort of family <laughs> thing to do. And I, I have wondered after seeing these pap photos come out and the many cheating allegations sort of die down. Die down whether they've actually successfully killed this story. I think so. I was really surprised. I mean, if this was in my relationship and I was going through this as the kind of aggrieved woman. I don't think I would be willing to go out and set up pap shots or go out and be photographed looking cheery as ever with my partner the day after. Yeah. But Beati was. The day after this surfaced, she was in tabloids beaming from ear to ear. And it just raised question marks in my mind to be like, what exactly is this story behind the scenes? How long did they potentially know it was going to be coming out for? They had to have had their ducks in a row. I just refuse to believe. Absolutely they did. Yeah, this they was knew not how a they turnaround. Yeah, this wasn't a turnaround in a few hours. This was a potentially turnaround in a few weeks when they had maybe sat with the story and figured out a plan. I don't think they would have had a few weeks though. I don't think anyone like a 
TMZ or whoever has got a story is going to the source of the story with that much time because it's not worth it to them. That's what fair. they do is if they do that, if they give them too much time, is they give the power back to Adam Levine and Beati to announce it themselves mm. and no one wants to do that. We did get a, a tip, an unnamed tip, we won't name them, but someone from a very high-profile American tabloid reached out to us last week and said they had been sitting on this story for two weeks last week. So I agree with you, maybe they wouldn't give them that much time. It is a possibility though that if it was doing the rounds, somehow Adam and Biardi would have found out if it wasn't from the tabloids through someone who knew someone who worked Maybe, the yeah. I think they definitely had enough time regardless to put this strategy in place. And I think what's interesting is last week, this felt a bit like a steam train, that this was going to go on and on mm. and on and not stop. And I was like, what else is going to come out about Adam Levine? And it's kind of come to a screeching halt. And I don't entirely know how that's happened. Yeah. Our fifth story, Chloe Kardashian sparks romance rumours with 365 days star Michele Marone that is from Elle magazine I mean every week tends to be a headline worthy headline grabbing week in the world of the Kardashians but the last few days in particular have been very intriguing when it comes to Khloe Kardashian last Thursday the second season of the Kardashians on Disney plus premiered and the first episode of season two was dedicated solely to the revelation that Tristan Thompson had knowingly entered the surrogacy process with Chloe whilst knowing he was days away from his third child being born to another woman. That woman's name is, of course, Marilee Nichols. I got, I'll just say it. That's pretty psychopathic. But he, yeah. he, I know we've said it before. I know people call him Trashton. I actually it's beyond that. It, it, it's, it's it is like, beyond that. Yeah, it's so beyond that. I think to to do that to somebody, and again, I know the conversations far and wide. Are, oh my gosh, why does Chloe keep going back? Why did she keep going back? And a lot of people don't have sympathy for her. I don't really think you can watch this episode and not feel empathy for this woman. She <sighs> she seems incredibly numb, and I think the one part of this conversation that perhaps we haven't really touched on properly is that. I like, I don't want to call him a psychopath because I don't want to get sued, but like. He's American. I don't think he'll sue us. If if he is like of the sort. (laughs) (laughs) If he is of the psychopathic tendencies, yeah. Like God knows what he's telling her behind closed doors. Like God knows what that charm looks like. Yes, God Mm. knows how you're being played. And. You know, some people are trusting and believe that. And and truthfully, I would rather go through my life trusting people than not. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I just think it's really hard to watch this episode without feeling huge amounts of empathy for what she's going through. Because she does, as I said, come across completely numb. It is completely insane to me that Tristan Thompson went through an embryo transfer with Khloe Kardashian and their surrogate days before this all came out. He was literally going through courthouses trying to get this story squashed. He, the, uh, the Mara Lee one. The yeah. Mara Lee one. He was literally going through a legal process with lawyers trying to dodge paternity payments. Like this was not something that was sprung oh, on him. Dear. He knew Sahani's about this. face was good. <laughs> <laughs> the raised eyebrows. Sahani's horrified. <laughs> this was going on for so long yeah. and he still went through that embryo transfer with Chloe with her believing that they were going to have this perfect family picture. It is just completely inexcusable. And even like... Kylie Jenner says that on the episode and Kylie Jenner never says anything. She was like, this is unforgivable. (laughs) She was a star. (laughs) I've never heard Kylie Jenner say about anything. Truly, there was so much chatter on TikTok particularly about like, oh, fuck, Kylie Jenner's like a really good sister in these scenes because she's incredibly supportive and very like forthright about what she thinks. Well, remember that phone call where they played at the end of season one where she's like, 
is this guy like evil? Like yeah, what's going yeah, on yeah. this guy? <laughs> it's like true. Now, obviously, now we've got headlines. I say obviously, but it is obvious <laughs> that Khloe Kardashian might be in a relationship with somebody else. Yes. Oh God, so <laughs> I think what's happened has been really, really clever from the Kardashians. And I think this is meticulous PR, right? There she is. <laughs> I've finally done Yay. it. Finally admitted it. Because on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, we had massive sympathy outpour for Khloe on Twitter and on TikTok and on Instagram, right? Then in the kind of backwash of that sympathy, we got photographs of Khloe Kardashian at Milan Fashion Week with Michele Morone. Now, if you don't recognize that name, he is that super hot dude from 365 Days, which is essentially a soft porn film that went off <laughs> in 2020 on Netflix. Did you watch it? No. Oh, Zara. He's pretty hot though. He is. <laughs> He's so good looking. So we have this photo and this photo. Smoldering. He actually makes me feel a little anxious just when I'm looking at him (laughs) through a screen. I cannot imagine how I would behave if I saw this man in real life. Now, this photo is completely set up. They are posing in front of a wall of photographers. You can see that in the reflection of the mirror behind them. And they are posing like two people who are about to rip each other's clothes off. Like he has his arm wrapped around Chloe's waist. He is leaning in to either whisper something sultry in her ear or smell her hair. That, I was going to say he looks like he's sniffing her. He looks like he's inhaling her. Through, yeah, like yeah. her whole body is about to be sucked up through his nostrils in <laughs> yeah. this photo. Nice. <laughs> Chloe has her hand on his shoulder. She's completely leaning into his body with her own. And she's kind of looking at the ground again in this like sexy, mysterious way with sunglasses on. And naturally, everyone on social media has gone wild over this. People think they're dating. And I just think again to Kris Jenner, bravo. Like this is this is what you want off the back of people feeling sympathy for your daughter. Change those headlines. You want them to go, not only was she treated really poorly, not only do I feel sorry for her, wow, she's in her hot era. Yeah, yeah, she absolutely. She is like rebounding better than ever. I think they would all acknowledge that it's very clear that they're not actually dating. Yeah. Like I think the Kardashians would sort of like wink at that. But I love what they're doing. <laughs> I, I love the theatre of it all. I will always be a fan of the theatre of it all. And, and Milan Fashion Week, what a hot yeah, place to truly. do it as well. I think, I hope they're dating because they kind of look good together. But yeah, a, <laughs> great, a great move. <laughs> no, they do look good together. A great move all the same. Our sixth and final story, a generational talent Rihanna to perform Super Bowl halftime show that is from the Guardian nothing on Delta and Robbie though oh. that is from Michelle never guys Rihanna <laughs> will perform the coveted Super Bowl halftime show in Feb next year the NRL confirmed the news on Sunday Rihanna confirmed the news herself on Instagram uploading a photo of a hand holding a NFL football gosh this sparked some real excitement didn't it because I think people naturally ask the question there simply must be music coming. There has to be, right? Like the last time Rihanna performed music publicly was at the Grammy Awards in 2018. Her last album was over six years ago now yeah. and he was released in January 2016. So why would Rihanna, makeup mogul, lingerie mogul, extraordinaire billionaire, why would she want to do the Super Bowl? She has to have, unless she's getting up and doing a makeup class. Yeah, which there are some funny, funny memes about that. <laughs> Very good memes about it. Why would she do it? Yeah, exactly. So there has to be new music on the horizon, which is very exciting. Now, it's actually not the first time that she's been offered the Super Bowl. She turned down the gig in 2019 out of solidarity with Colin 
Kaepernick. She's now decided in 2022 that it's something she's going to do. The sponsor's different as well. It's Apple Music. It's not Pepsi anymore. Pepsi Ooh. have had a long-standing relationship with the NFL. They're out. Apple Music are in. Actually, a lot of people speculated, but because of that, it was going to be Taylor Swift because Taylor Swift could never perform because of her deal with Coke. Interesting. But it's not going to be this year. It could be next year. But let's focus on Rihanna anyway. <laughs> I mean, Jay-Z put out a really lovely statement. His entertainment company is actually executive producing the show. He said, Rihanna is a generational talent, a woman of humble beginnings who has surpassed expectations at every turn. I am crawling out of my skin for this. I cannot wait. And now it's one of those things where it's like, it's like when you're a six-year-old kid and you realise that Christmas is in December and you're in July. Yeah. <laughs> like it's ages away. Well, it's a lot of pressure for her, but she must feel confident. Like to return to live performing, she must have been doing a heap of work behind the scenes. And I reckon she's going to turn out an iconic halftime show. Rihanna wouldn't do anything half-assed. This is going to mm. be like, this will probably be not just music. She'll make it some kind of like performance extraordinaire oh, yeah. with like a runway show and acting and music and like everything. They've got so long to plan it and this will be, they're probably in rehearsals now, this will be her moment and I cannot wait for us to talk about this in Feb next year. I think that's all we've got for the quick and dirty. Yeah, that's certainly all we've got. <laughs> we've still got so much more to talk about. This week, if you spent any time scrolling on TikTok, you might have heard a single snippet being shared and reshared over and over. It was a two-year-old video from beauty TikTok star Michaela Nagera who said, I literally just finished work and it's 5.19pm, try being an influencer for a day. It was, of course, widely derided. People were stunned at the apparent lack of self-awareness. But influencing is easy, they said. You're paid really, really well and some people work much harder. As the conversation got louder, messier and nastier, it's forced us all to reckon with a few things. A, is influencing easy? B, are all the influencers out of touch? And C, what does coming after one woman in this way actually serve? Michelle, much to unpack here, but let's start with actually a bit of background on Michaela. Yeah, in case you haven't heard of Michaela, she's 24 years old and she is huge on social media right now. In the last year or two, she's built a following of almost 14 million followers over on TikTok and another 2.4 million followers over on Instagram. She's known for a few things. First of all, her quintessentially Boston accent makes her very recognisable and iconic, I think, in this space, really sets her apart. She has a love of makeup and she's just a really bloody good makeup artist. She's incredibly talented at what she does. Her typical content over on TikTok is like makeup reviews, uh, kind of like full face tutorials, makeup tips, tricks, advice and recommendations. And until recently, I would say as someone who's followed Michaela for at least a year, I would say she was regarded as one of the most loved people on TikTok. I agree with that. I think she's kind of one of those TikTok stars or influencers that people have a soft spot for that's kind of hard to quantify and qualify, but it is one of those just vibes. Yeah, she has a vibe. (laughs) She has a really sunny, until now, unproblematic vibe that people really adored. And for context, one TikTok user called Mexican underscore Dora underscore mused this week that Michaela was, and I quote, the last influencer I thought I would see get cancelled. That video got 117,000 likes, which is all to say that 
the last week, the events of the last week came as a surprise to hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, absolutely. So last week, what actually happened was a snippet of a video Michaela had posted last year was edited down and posted on Reddit. This is a snippet of that old video that went viral late last week. I literally just finished work and it's 519. Try being an influencer for a day. Try it. Right. So (laughs) it doesn't sound good. No, it doesn't. And I think when you hear that, as I heard it on TikTok during the week, you roll your eyes. Yeah, you do. You groan and you roll your eyes and you kind of think like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is that? What a ridiculous, outlandish, also like just completely silly thing to say. Well, it's just out of touch. Like most people would work past 519. And I think people from there were essentially calling for Michaela's head, saying that she should literally be cancelled. Yeah. And this was like the hatred towards Michaela, or at least the mocking of Michaela was completely widespread. This video got 420,000 likes. It was essentially one person pretending to pass out with the caption, Michaela passing out from exhaustion after making a three minute TikTok about her free NARS concealer. Another video that got 406,000 likes had the caption, coming home from a full day of university only to have to change to go to serve people food and drinks for eight hours. Michaela Babes, I'd love to be an influencer for a day. Yeah. Now, I think what a lot of people didn't do when they heard this snippet was go back and watch the video in full. Because actually, I think the entire context here is very important. Michaela posted this video in response to a hate comment that she got where someone said to her she should get a real job. Here's the full snippet that you probably didn't hear. You know, I'm feeling like a fucking asshole today. So um, I'm going to clap back at people because I'm tired. I'm so tired. Every single day, I get up at 6 a.m. I spend about five to six hours filming video content that ranges from three to four videos, and I spend a few hours editing that video content. Then I have to work on my other social media profiles, whatever it may be, Instagram, whatever. It's fucking marketing. Then I'm in meetings from 12 to 5. I literally just finished work, and it's 519. Try being an influencer for a day. Try it. Because the people who say it's easy are so far out of their minds, try it for a day. It is not for everybody. In fact, it's for a very small handful of people who can actually do this job because it's absolutely fucking insane. You do not want to have this job. I'm just saying. I think that for me, like, is so important that people actually get a sense of what the full context of that snippet is because, Mm. yes, do I think it's clunky? For sure. Do I think it's perfectly worded? Probably not. No. Do I care that much? No. (laughs) And I think there are a few things right now that are really important to put on the record, really important to put on the record. Yes, the physical work of influencing is not that much. It is much, much easier, much easier than most other jobs. It is not that hard. They are remunerated very well for very little labor, energy and time. I also think there's a level of like social capital that you find in a job like influencing that gives you power Mm. and not many people can access that during their lifetime. I have to be self-aware in that, yes, sometimes I do sort of, struggle if I'm scrolling through my TikTok feed and I see an influencer sit out on a Wednesday out for lunch for three, four hours. Sipping champagne. Sipping champagne or um, maybe acknowledging that they just woke up at midday that day. Like that that kind of stuff is hard to stomach. It's grating. There's something about it that makes you go, come on. But then on the other side of the coin, I'm like, well, power to it. Like if someone can make money that way and build a life for themselves that way, 
is it jealousy within me? Is yes. that why I'm responding with this kind of, not venom, but something close to venom where I'm feeling like I'm rolling my eyes and being a little snark? Yes, but I don't think the conversation this week has been, are they allowed to get up at midday or are they allowed to go out for lunch during the day? Because of course they're allowed to do that. People can live their lives in whatever way they want. Mm. The conversation has been, perhaps they should acknowledge that, right? And so I think with all of that in mind, I am all for making points and having conversations about privilege and entitlement and perspective. But I think the one overriding feeling I've had this week, actually I've had lots of overriding feelings, so we're (laughs) going to get to all of them, is why does one woman have to be the face of that? Like why do we have to target a single woman taking her comments out of context and making her feel like she is everything wrong with how work functions and how social media functions? Yeah, I completely agree. Like, why is she the full guy for all of our disdain towards influencers? I think as well, the detail that has been lost for me, the puzzle piece that is so important here is that that video that you guys just heard in full from Michaela, like you said, was a reply to a troll comment. This was not Michaela jumping on her phone and filming, yeah. tribing an influencer for a day. She wasn't running into a hospital, grabbing a nurse, <laughs> yeah. shaking the nurse by the shoulders and saying, tribing an influencer for a day. She was defensively responding to what I imagine is a piece of criticism. She gets sent anonymously and not anonymously every single day. Like when we lose that context, we lose the whole story. Someone was coming to Michaela and saying, your job is not legitimate. Michaela's response was yes to go too far the other way. It was to over-exaggerate or to act like finishing at 5.19 is the hardest job in the world. But the she did start at six. She did start at six. And it's I, almost a 12-hour day. 12-hour days would be a lot longer than a lot of other people work. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the dynamic here. We're missing the dynamic of the conversation. It's like we're acting as if someone gets slapped across the face and then we film the response, that the response is everything. The slap across the face is a crucial part of the story. How many of us sitting at work every day get messages saying, well, your job's not legitimate. Your job is not a real job. Michaela here was saying, my job is a real job. And I think reading between the lines, when she's upset clearly and aggrieved by that comment and agitated by that comment, when she's saying, try being an influencer for a day, Reading between the lines, she's saying, try waking up at six, working till five, and then try having the whole world tell you your job is not legitimate. She's commenting on the public feedback element of influencing, which to be blunt, is hard. That is a really shitty thing that you have hundreds of thousands of people on TikTok where the commentary, let me tell you guys, is vile. It's so vile on TikTok. It's It's beyond any social media platform I've ever seen. It is so far beyond what Instagram was a couple of years ago. Oh, we have, Shameless Media has a total of about 350,000 followers across our TikTok accounts. Let me tell you, the commentary on that platform is more damaging than all of the other platforms combined, I would say. Like the shit we get on there from appearance to the way your voice sounds to your opinions, whatever, is awful. I think what she's trying to say and the emotion in that video is a response to the public feedback. And I think everyone listening can agree that is the part of influencing that is harder than the average job. Every other element, not as hard. You get paid well, you can choose your own hours, you can do fun shit for work all day and go to lunches and sip champagne. The shitty element is hundreds of thousands of people want to hate you. Yeah, and I think what I've been sitting with this week is that I do think some influencers experience that on a far greater scale than others. I think some influencers, perhaps that those that exist in that like micro space might not experience that. But when you rise to the heights of Michaela, 
where you are now followed by 14 million people, of course, that's going to be a huge crux of your job. I think what's also been an interesting layer to this story is that in the wake of all of this, people have been sharing screenshots, Mish, of comments that Michaela apparently left on another beauty influencer's Instagram account years before she got famous, right? Yes. This is a really interesting part of the story and one that we have to touch on. Michaela seems to have left comments, semi-snarky comments, on beauty influencer Jaclyn Hill's social media accounts over the years, far before Michaela ever became a name in the beauty influencing space herself. The worst comment reads, must be nice to be rich and all you do is film videos for YouTube. It seems like that comment was left maybe six or seven years ago. Now, It's tricky to talk about the story when Michaela has done this to other people, but I think it reveals a universal truth. Even the people who want to become influencers on some level deride influencing. I also think, I think that's bang on. And I also think it proves that people think it's easy until they do it themselves. Yes. I think I think in, in many ways, people are kind of like, well, what about the Jacqueline Hill comments? And I'm like, well, in, in many ways, it, it, it kind proves of- proves the point. Yeah, it fits the narrative quite neatly in my mind. I think also for me, one crucial, crucial part of this conversation that a lot of people aren't bothering to touch on, but has been eating me up for nearly a week now. It was only a week or two ago that I was scrolling on TikTok and one of Michaela's videos came up where she was telling her followers how much, how deeply she was struggling with her mental health. And I want to play you a snippet of this. It's going to be just over a minute. And I know that's a longer snippet than we usually play, but I think it is so important to play this out. I'm not doing very good, <laughs> if I'm being fucking honest with you. I am severely depressed and uh, I'm in a pretty bad place. Depression is kicking my ass. And it's definitely been difficult coming on here and acting my good old happy self when I'm not. And it's a really weird phenomenon because I should technically be the happiest I've ever been in my life. Yet, I have not felt this depressed since I was maybe 13, 14. But I talked to a therapist about it and apparently I'm not crazy and this happens to a lot of people when major events happen in their life. The wedding blues, postpartum depression, when you buy a house, it can be very overwhelming, you can get depressed. It's actually pretty normal. I'm just scared that it's gonna fucking last really long and I <laughs> I want to be happy. <laughs> like, please, I beg of you. And you know, it sucks because it really causes me to lose interest in doing things and I've been struggling to make videos and also just struggling to do daily life tasks. <laughs> I don't know guys, I'm just sad. And I don't know how to get better. I think I'm just scared because the last time I was just depressed, it took me years to get better. And uh, that's very terrifying. I just cannot fathom that hundreds of thousands of people would like that video. Mm. And then five, six days later, resurface a comment from two years ago that in my mind actually tangibly doesn't hurt that many people and try to absolutely ruin a woman who's already told you she is struggling. She's at rock bottom. I'm like, the real problem right now is the people coming for her, coming for a woman who has said she is vulnerable. Yeah. And I, I I can imagine people coming back to me saying, well, just because somebody's struggling on their mental health doesn't mean they shouldn't be held accountable. And I was like, this is not big enough a crime for me for the level of vitriol and with the backdrop of how her mental health is doing. It is absurd to me that people want to jump on this bandwagon, make one woman, one woman the full person for a very layered history of jealousy, derision, 
and just a general sense of uncomfortableness that we have about influencing. Yeah, I think as well, you said before, not very many people would have been affected by this or harmed by this. I almost can't think of a single person under this sun that has been affected by Michaela's original video. I think people found it amusing. I think people found it annoying. Offended. Like are they going to be crying about it? She's not going up to any individual person saying, I work harder than you do. That is to flatly misrepresent her point. I'm sorry if you think you're offended. I actually don't think you are. I think you're annoyed, but you're not offended. She hasn't harmed anyone with this video and I refuse like I the older I get I think I've changed my stance on this I think I used to mistake my snarkiness disdain and annoyance for influencers with my offense at what influencers were doing I think as I've matured I've realized the difference between the two and maybe the way I talk about this segment today is different to how I would have spoken about this on Shameless in 2018 or 2019 I'm sure it would be but sitting here at 28 years old I'm like, I I just flatly refused to slam someone for clunky wording. She was clunky. She got the tone wrong. She misread the room. Let her misstep. Oh, I think, my God. I think that's what I, as I'm getting older, in scenarios, and I do want to be clear, in scenarios like this where I can't see someone actually tangibly get harmed. It's a victimless crime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like far out, like. Let her say, yeah, that was a bit of a misstep. Say, yeah, thanks, don't do it again and move on. Yeah. But to to consistently, aggressively and nastily target a woman who has been so open and vulnerable about her mental health, which would do so much good, by the way. You compare these two videos and I would think that the one of her being really open about her mental health mm. would have a far greater impact than the video of this snippet from two years ago. Yeah. Was the video on TikTok? The seven second snippet, like yeah. the, the initial one we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, everyone's For You pages can be really random on TikTok. So you often don't get the context of the videos that you're viewing. That's also true probably that people are seeing this. It's a good point. That people are seeing this snippet without having the context of Michaela and not seeing the videos of her mental health. But then also I think she has 14 million followers. Is it not our responsibility to do a bit of due diligence? Yeah, mm. I actually think Sahani, that's a great point. I actually don't think human brains are built for TikTok. No. Like I love TikTok. <laughs> I'm sitting here as a yeah. really avid TikTok fan. But we, for the first time in social media history, are dealing with a platform where any single person can go viral with their video, right? And while that's great for the average person, it means that when we are coming, when we are piling on one influencer, the way that can take off and the way that can explode and the level of eyeballs that can be drawn to that is insane. In what other platform across history have we ever been able to come for one person and that video get 400,000 likes? And and people have to have no context on that. But I, I just, I find it egregious if I'm totally honest with you and pretty unforgivable that people really need to check themselves in things like this because I just don't think it's worth it. I actually do not think the conversation is important enough for it to be existing in the way that it is right now. It is absurd. Our bar for people is absurd. Let people fuck up. Let people say things clunkily. I guarantee if everything you said was recorded and put on the internet, you'd be cancelled. I would be cancelled within, what, six days, seven days? Like, let people be clunky. Let them be emotional. Let them say things in a way that they might not exactly mean. If it doesn't hurt anyone. If it doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah. My goodness. What a story. I'm annoyed by it. I'm really annoyed by it. How do you feel about it, Sahani? I just feel bad for her. Yeah. It's just messy. It's messy and it's sad and I I desperately hope she's okay. That's my number one takeaway. Unfortunately, people see this as sport. They love to hate influencers because hating influencers is a sport. Yeah, which is probably why she thinks her job's pretty hard. Anyway, (laughs) that is all we've got time for. Guys, thank you so much for listening. 
Sahani, thanks again. I, you're not going to be here next week. Well, you will be in the office, <laughs> but you won't be on the show. But hopefully we'll have you back one yeah. day when one of us are absent. Yeah, I had so much fun. Thanks do for you, having me. Do you want to come back, Sahani? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> again, as her hands are tied to the chair. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, we are on socials. Come follow us on Instagram at Shameless Podcast, on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast. We'll be back in your ears on Monday. Bye. Bye. Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.